Hello and welcome back to season three, episode two of the Perspective Podcast. Today, I'm going to be sitting down with the newest addition to USC's entrepreneurial landscape, Natalie Fleekin. She is the founder and CEO of Lov. Lov, which means well in the Armenian language, is a salad dressing company made from Armenian-inspired whole food ingredients. Lov dressings are packaged in single-serve packets for easy, on-the-go use and are avoidant of inflammatory ingredients like seed oils and sugar. Essentially, Lov makes it easy to dress well wherever you are. Today, we are going to discuss with Natalie what the beginning stages of founding a company really look like and the upcoming launch of her company. With that being said, let's see what Natalie's perspective really is. Natalie, welcome to Perspective. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So to give the listeners a little bit of background prior um, to this semester, I feel like we had a ton of mutual friends, but I don't know why it took us so long to finally meet. Um, And then we connected this semester, of course. And I've had the pleasure of hearing you talk about love and, you know, your aspirations for it, the different struggles you've had with just being a founder for the first time and really like what you want to see it grow into. So I'm excited to dig into all of this today. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, we, like you said, we hadn't actually connected mm-hmm. before this semester, and I feel like we have so much in common, and I don't know, it's just been fun to get to know you more, and I'm excited for this. Of course. Okay, to begin, I feel like love is really connected to you in the way that it's rooted in the Armenian culture as well as you know, like what you study here at USC, you've explained it to me a little bit before. So just to ground all of our listeners, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do here at USC, how you found yourself here, all of that jazz. Yeah, for sure. So basically, I'm Armenian from a huge Armenian family. So food's always been a huge part of my life. Um, And then in high school, I became really interested in nutrition and thought that maybe I wanted to be a nutritionist. So when I applied to SC, um, I'm from Pasadena, so I'm SoCal local. But when I applied to SC, I decided to study gerontology, which my major is um, human development and aging. So basically, we focus on everything from disease prevention to health promotion and what that looks like kind of across your lifespan. Um, I found all my classes super interesting, but I still wanted to focus a little bit more on nutrition. So my sophomore year at SC, I decided to work for um, the athletic department. And so I worked under the lead football dietitian. Her name was Amy Johnson. She since has moved on to go work for a pro team. But Basically, I traveled to one of the games with the team. I worked every home game, um, and I was just shadowing their football dietitian and learning what performance nutrition looks like, and I found it super interesting. I fell in love with it, and I had the best time, and honestly, it made my sophomore year amazing. Like, when I look back at SC, that's a huge uh, memory of mine, and so I'm so glad that I did it, but... I realized slowly I didn't want to be a nutritionist. Um, I still found it super fun and I loved it. It just wasn't right for me. I wanted to go more of the business route. So that following summer, I decided to kind of get into the business side of it, like consumer products. I remember I like 
made my mom take me to Erewhon in high school when, like, before it was as big of it as it is now. And I was just, like, I was patrolling the aisles, and my mom was waiting outside for me, and she was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you need to get out. And I was like, I can't. Like, I want to look around. I, Whatever. Long story short, I fell in love with consumer products, and so... I decided to start working in that business, so I interned at a few places, um, and along the way, I just decided that I wanted to create my own product. Basically, I knew that I needed more experience, and so I kept working and getting internships in the meantime, but I just decided to kind of start my own personal product, so I looked back at what I would want to create and I knew that I didn't want to do something just to do it. I wanted to create a product that kind of was true to me and so basically this has been a long-winded answer but <laughs> um, Love was created during that journey so I can share more about the details of that and like how I decided on the product um, from there but that's kind of my background and how I kind of grew up um and all that Mm -hmm. and can you talk a little bit I didn't know that you well I knew that you worked for the football team doing nutrition stuff but can you kind of like what were your like main takeaways from that because that's such a unique experience and you said that the person you were working under went to go work for a protein a pro team not protein (laughs) and so that's just like super interesting and how maybe the lessons you learn there become woven into love a little bit yeah for sure so Basically, they didn't really have... It was, like, during COVID, like, sophomore year, we had just gone back Mm -hmm. to in-person classes. So I just cold emailed, and I was like, hey, I really want to get involved in athletic nutrition. Like, would you take an intern? And so she had just gotten here from Louisiana, and they they have a huge um, nutrition intern, like, program or nutrition student worker program. So she was looking to build that here. So she said, for sure, come in. And from then on, I was just kind of thrown into it, and... I was making smoothies for the team. Like, I would That's get there. That's so fun. <laughs> so much fun. I got there, like, a couple days out of the week, like, 5, 36 a.m., wow. like, when they would get there. But then other times it was just afternoon shifts. And, like, it was genuinely so awesome to get that experience. Like, not that many people can say that they worked alongside the players. And we mm-hmm. do go to school with them, and we know some of them. But it's just, like, it's fun to see that side of it and... I gained so much knowledge on nutrition because I think that growing up in LA, the whole idea of nutrition is like health and wellness and biohacking and like, how can I, it's like low carb, low Mm -hmm. sugar, blah, blah, blah. But like being in athletic nutrition, you kind of see that like food is really your fuel. And so you have to eat well to perform well, but also you need convenient solutions to do so because they're on such a strict like schedule and Mm -hmm. like everything is back to back so I really learned the value of convenient solutions for nutrition and that's also part of how love was born because I also wanted to eat healthy like when I was working and like I would be working 20 hour weeks like I think I went over the student worker like (laughs) yeah I think it is 20 hours yeah but I just loved it so much so I I did it but like, I wanted to be able to eat healthy, too, so I was just looking for ways to make that a little bit easier on me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting that 
you talk about like the LA food culture because I feel like that is all rooted in trends whereas when you were working under the team and like an actual nutritionist it's a little bit more rooted in facts which is nice for you just being able to implement that like real I guess like not research backed but like proof that you can implement that into your product and have it be good for you as well yeah so can you for a minute talk about when you had this idea for love because I know you kind of talked about like when it came to be but how did it come to be because like I know some people have this like aha moment for other people they do some like consumer research so was yours just based more on like your experience or like what was that moment for you yeah I don't know that I hadn't like aha moment but so that summer that I was summer after sophomore year I was interning um at Mosh which is Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver's protein bar brand um and I would take a salad like every day to work and I also did that in high school like I was just like kind of a salad girl like for lunch it was mm-hmm. just like an easy I would throw it in me Tupperware. too yeah like but then basically it's easy to pack a salad but it's really hard to pack dressing. Mm-hmm. You have to either buy a pre-made dressing and put it in a little Tupperware container, or you have to take a bottle to work and leave it in your fridge, which, like, no one wants to be that person. Yeah. Has the bottle. It smells like dressing. vinegar or yeah, something. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It's not it. And then you can make your own, and again, you have to package it in a little single-serve Tupperware. But then you get home, or you get to work, it's probably already spilled. By the time you get home later in the day, like and you have to wash it and clean it up it's really oily and just gross and like you just don't want to have to deal with that it's definitely a niche problem but I think if you are taking salads on the go regularly and you've experienced that issue like you know how much of a pain it is and also like I would just be out and getting salads on the go and before sweet green turned to like olive oil only at like last week like a lot of these pre-made salad dressings are made from unhealthy like ingredients refined oils etc sugar and so I just wanted a convenient single serve packet of salad dressing that was made from like avocado oil olive oil low in sugar and just like whole food ingredients like something I would make at home but instead it's just packaged in a, in a little packet and so I looked around and I went online and I was researching and I couldn't find anything that I would want to order and eat every single day. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing that I would want to incorporate into my routine because it is a lot better for you to make your own, but I just wanted something that felt like a homestyle dressing that was just packaged. So it was that summer and I went to my mom and I was like, look, I, I really want to do this. Like, I think if I were to make a product, like, this is what I would want to do. It would solve my own problem. Like, mm-hmm. if no one else is my customer, I'll be my own customer because, like, <laughs> I literally will eat this. Like, I'll use it all mm-hmm. the time. So she was like, okay, interesting. Like, why don't you just wait till you graduate? And I was like, uh, but, like, it's better if I do it now mm-hmm. because I'm at USC and I have all these resources and I'm so glad that I did. And my parents, like, per, um, pushed me to do so because... I just have learned so much in the past year and a half um, developing the product, and it isn't out yet for retail, but it will be soon. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like the the origin of it and why I decided to create it. So it's basically just solving my own issue for taking salad dressing on the go, um, and that form factor of the single-serve packet is, is the business model. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the best 
companies or ones that address problems that like you have because if you're having that issue it's very likely that a ton of other people are as well so I think that that's like an amazing way to approach it um so okay you had this like idea you're like yes this is going to solve my issues what was like the first step you took I know you said you talked to your parents but like what was the first thing you did that was like okay I'm starting this. There's no turning back now. Yeah. Um, I basically just started doing a bunch of research. Like, mm. Google is my best friend and LinkedIn. And so I just started reaching out to people who've started comp- who've started consumer packaged good companies. So that, like, term CPG became my, like... Niche. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was my obsession. So anyone, whether it was USC or just in my network or even... Uh, mutual friends that I knew that had started a product company or were in food in general I just started reaching out to them and kind of getting a better idea of like what this would take and um kind of what the next step should be Mm -hmm. so I learned while I was interning too I learned a lot of this but you learn about um a co-packer which is basically your manufacturer who would create the product you learn about food science and how you need a food scientist to take a product to um like to help formulate your product um and then uh, a couple other like things along the way but basically I just kind of got a vocabulary for what um would be the next like six months hmm. and went from there and then just started reaching out and contacting different people and um sourcing and hiring and um not hiring internally but just like freelance like I needed a food scientist to formulate my dressings that I would make at home just to be able to be shelf stable because none of the dressings have to be refrigerated make sure that they stayed low in sugar and all that stuff so just kind of steps from there um yeah can you talk about the food scientist because I really wanted to ask you about this because I was like when I was thinking about what to ask you I was like okay like I know like what she's doing blah blah but then I was like wait how did she even like get it like do you have to get it FDA approved? Is that a stupid question? I don't even know. So like, I guess just like the process for that and overall, like how did you have ownership over the different recipes and having like a say in that? Yeah. So basically I came up with three dressings that I would make on the regular. So back to like the Armenian roots, uh, idea, like I, it became my mission kind of after high school and, and when I became more interested in nutrition to make um, the salad, the star of the show. So whenever mm. we'd have dinners or or whatever it was, like everyone, my aunt, my mom would be like, okay, Natalie, just make the salad to go with the meal. And so... You're like, I'm going to make this I the best like, salad ever. I want everyone to talk about the salad. I don't care what we're <laughs> having, but like I want them to be like, oh wait, Natalie, this is good. Like mm. I actually, I made my grandparents like start to like certain things or like I even made my grandpa try like kale salads, which like they don't like generationally it's very different but Mm -hmm. I just wanted people to think about nutrition differently and so I'd been making these dressings everyone knows like a salad a good salad means a good dressing and so I'd been making these dressings for a couple years now so I just took a few from my like um my I guess my recipe book my in my head and decided on um there's like a original a more one that's a little bit more sweet and then one that's creamy I won't like reveal too much of it yet Mm -hmm. but Uh, I took those and then you take it to a food scientist and he says, okay, let's, let's scale these so that, um, they're now called formulations. So like if you were to give a recipe, you can't just give a recipe in cups and tablespoons and whatever to Mm -hmm. a co-packer because 
that's not how they run. Yeah. They need it in percentages so that they can scale huh. it up. So basically it's like, it's this much percent of oil, it's this much percent of whatever, so that it's just easier for them to do so. Like, yeah. they, they're not going based on, like, the cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so, they're doing it in, like, such large quantities. Is exactly. that the reason? Okay. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't know any of this, obviously, but you're learning along, along the way. So the food scientist originally was saying, okay, here you go. This would be... Because I said I want it shelf-stable, um, and I want these qualifications. And so he said, okay, just so you know, it's a lot cheaper to make with canola oil, and it's a lot cheaper to make if we add sugar or whatever or like all these preservatives Mm -hmm. and I was like I get that but that's not the point yeah it's not what we're trying to achieve (laughs) yeah like that's literally the opposite I'll pay more like the cost of the good itself will be more but like I want these things like I want avocado oil only and olive oil like everyone knows it's better for you lower in inflammation um for your body and then um, it's only, the only sweet one is, like, with natural sweetener. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a little bit of monk fruit, which, just a little bit, and that's been shown so far from what I've researched to be okay for you. So, he said, okay, like, that's fine, but, like I said, it's going to be more expensive, and I said, okay, that's fine, like, that's what we're going to do. So, you basically go back and forth a while, and then, I remember the first time when I was like, wait, I have a product, which was last December at this point when we went to meet the food scientist in person. So obviously he had had my recipes. He was working on them, but he said, okay, you come in now and then you'll taste it and we'll go Ooh, from there. And that's I was so like, exciting. It was super exciting, but I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. So he's sampling things. He's making things. He gives it to you. I'm tasting it. And I'm like, no, yes. Like you kind of go back and forth on the taste because he's not a, he's not a cook. Mm-hmm. He's a food scientist. So, so he's like a chemist probably? Yes. Okay. Like he doesn't, or whoever it is, like they don't have that palate. Sometimes they do, but who I was working with, it's not necessarily that palate. So I'm the palate. So I'm tasting it. And I'm like, okay, this more of this, more of that, blah, blah, blah. Go from there. Eventually at the end of the day or a couple times we went back and forth, you finalize and you get to what, um, you get to a product that you're happy with. And um, it's as close to my original recipe from the kitchen as possible. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the process for that. Mm-hmm. And then, so once you like solidify the formula with the food scientist, you send that over to the manufacturer and then they start so, producing. Then you have to source a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So that is the hardest part, in my opinion, in like consumer products it's really difficult to find someone who will manufacture your product because the co-packing business is really an old um, business and so these people have been in business for years and they have multiple accounts they do multiple things but like I was having difficulty finding someone who would do single serve packets at a low quantity so Mm. their minimum order quantities are huge like 100,000 units or so I obviously don't have that capability yeah. right now. Like, these are... I don't have that Yet. Equipment. Don't have that capability yet. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to be using a fulfillment center. Like, these are all coming straight to my house. I'm packing the orders. Like, I would make them myself if I could. I just can't because they need to be all sealed mm-hmm. and whatever. But, um, so it was really hard for me to find someone, a manufacturer, who could do the requirements and um could do the packaging at a low minimum so that was the hardest part it took me a couple months to find someone who could do it so yeah so you get the food scientist formulations and then once you have a co-packer or manufacturer which is the same thing 
you give it to them and then you kind of you have to get a couple different things you have to get a process authority letter which gives you the authority to process the product with the manufacturer and there's like a couple other business things to do but when it comes to claims and certifications like gluten-free etc those things are just you do it you do a test with either your process authority letter or whatever and then if it falls under the requirements then you get that certification Hmm. so and for finding the the food manufacturer excuse me like where did you go about looking for that was that just like word of mouth and like reaching out to people who have done similar things and like seeing where they headed or like how does one even go about that yeah so a little bit of both but I also found a woman who um again through googling and word of mouth like she had launched a few products in the past and so I hired her freelance to just help me source um a co-packer so you kind of you have to really leverage your network and find people because it's a lot of the food business is word of mouth so she helped me find a co-packer and we went back and forth on a couple different people but um so yeah that's how I found mine Mm -hmm. and now shifting gears from the logistics a little bit I was wondering if you could talk about you know, like, the logo and the website design and, like, how you went about making all of that? Did you do that yourself or did you outsource that? So, for branding, I, one of my family friends had started a, like, bar company. So, she had recommended this company called Brand Parents to me and they're a small, smaller um, marketing or branding agency. It's not a full-service marketing agency. She just created my logo and my packaging. Um, and so we went back and forth on a few different designs and I kind of gave her a mood board and I was like, this is what I'm aiming for. And then we decided on the logo, which I love. And it has the little droplets. Um, if you go to our Instagram, you could see it, but it has little droplets for the dressing and the word love in Armenian means, means well. Mm -hmm. So if you were to ask someone in Armenian, like, how are you? They would respond with love or yeah, or so on. Um, but Basically, love means well, and so I decided, like, I was like, I, I want a tagline, like, what would it be? And so then I was like, okay, you're, it's a dressing. We're dressed, we're dressing up, like, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. So I, I decided on dress well. I Many love that. people have been come up to me, and they're like, so are you starting a clothing company? And I'm like, no, it's not a clothing company, but it's kind of a play on words, mm-hmm. like, dress well. I love it. I mean, it applies. The more I was thinking about it, I was like, I kind of like that it makes people think. Like, Mm -hmm. I want them to not really know what it means until they look further into it. And on the back of the package, like, we kind of explain the meaning behind Mm -hmm. it. But, so yeah, that's how we came up with um, the logo and the packaging and the tagline. And then for the website, I have a family friend who designs websites so that kind of helped me out. Again, I'm just like contacting different people like, do you do this? Do you do that? Yeah. I found him. Um, and then for graphics, I'm actually using someone, a girl, Sophia Almondral and Theta, to design some, like, first round of graphics just for social media. Um, and then photography, we haven't done a shoot yet, but Elisa O'Reilly, who went to SC, mm-hmm. she's an amazing she's awesome. photographer. Um, she's going to help me out with that. Um, so it's really just, like, I'm just pulling strings where I can mm-hmm. and, and contacting different people and trying to build my own little team of 
freelance yeah. people um, because I don't know what else I would do, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why there's no time like the present in starting a company as a student is because you have all these resources and, like, students want to get as much experience as they can, so they're so willing to help. I think that, yeah, that makes so much sense. That's a common theme with everyone that comes on the podcast is they're just like, oh, they know someone who knows someone who might be able to help, and then it leads to this, like, amazing thing. So I think that that's a really special thing about being a student entrepreneur. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your TikTok, because I know we've talked about this. So I was, yeah, just wondering if you could talk about it a bit, because personally, like, that's how I kind of, like, got into love. And I was like, okay, I love this. Like, I love watching founders on TikTok and, like, watching their stories. So if you could just touch on that a little bit. For sure. Um, I'll preface by saying I literally have, like, 200 followers. It's nothing, but I... 200 loyal followers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me being one of them. (laughs) My audience is loyal. Basically, I think everyone knows at this point, like, if you're going to market your product, you need to be on social media. Whatever that looks like for you. For me, when it comes to brands, I'm way more interested in brands where I know the founder. Like, I want to know... Melissa uh, Cupcakes, baked by Melissa. Mm-hmm. She, her green goddess salad went viral. But, like, she's not a salad company. She's mm-hmm. a cupcakes company. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. But everyone fell in love with her. And now I go on to see, like, what her kids are up to. Like, it's it has nothing to do necessarily, or doesn't have anything to do, it doesn't have to have anything to do with your product itself. But you just need to have a presence on TikTok, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because I think we're all, like, Diana from Crown Affair, that we went to her event the the other day, like, we fell in love with her, and we fell in love with her story, and now we're interested in Crown Affair, Mm -hmm. and so I think that there's so much to be said for understanding, number one, who your audience is, like, my grandparents don't care who the founder is Mm -hmm. of, of, of a company. They want... The best deal or the best quality or whatever it is but for our generation and late 20s like that everyone cares you know like mm-hmm. people want to see who's creating their product and so I decided that I was going to commit to TikTok and my class I'm taking um science of peak performance and he also makes us do like a serious baller move it's called that's the assignment name and you have to commit to something all semester and kind of it could be he said it could be posting on TikTok or whatever it is so I decided to do that as part of my assignment as well but now it's just like it started out and I was like this is kind of hard but now it's just a muscle that you flex every single day and so I wake up and I'm like okay what am I going to post today how can I engage with people and how could that contribute to my brand of love so I first made a video called like I'm starting a business and I posted it it was like two it was a month two months ago or a month and a half ago and I posted it and I was like I'm really scared like I don't know what this is gonna be like but I'm just gonna post it who cares I could always delete it later so I posted it and within like two hours it was at like 5,000 views and I was like I've never gotten more than 500 on a video like no one cares what I'm posting (laughs) but I just told my story and I have so much footage from like Over the years, I had a food account with my friend Christina that we just would make recipes. So, like, I have so much cooking footage that I just put something together and I was, like, told my story of love and how it's launching in the next few months and decided to post it. And it did really well and it resonated. And now it's at, like, 
15,000 views or something, which obviously isn't insane, but, like, it's more than I had before posting mm-hmm. it, you know? So now I've just been doing a combination of, like, lifestyle, recipes, which those definitely do the best. Um, and, like, I like fashion a little bit, so I'll, like, make some outfit videos. Yeah. Like, I just stay in the lives, so whatever. I know that, like, it's not super high pressure. It's nothing that crazy, but I'm just like trying to kind of build more of a presence on social media and get more comfortable behind the camera because I think when Lob does actually launch, like I'm gonna be doing a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to start beforehand and see if I could build some sort of um, like minor audience to kind of get that going. Um, so yeah, we're kind of it's like as I go every day. I don't really know what I'm gonna post, but I. You know, something. Yeah. No, I think that's so smart to go on TikTok because, I mean, I always, like, knew that TikTok was super powerful for so many people. It's just evident with, like, Alex or, for for example, or Charlie D'Amelio. Like, they literally, like, launched their entire careers. But... I yeah I think it's so important like the other day I posted a TikTok about something for the podcast and I have never done that before and like random people were asking me like oh like I saw your TikTok do a podcast and I was like no one's ever said oh I saw your Instagram like do you have a podcast it's always TikTok so I think it just goes to show like the reach I think that that's a very smart move on your part and also like people want to be like you were saying attached to the founder it's just like it's an in and then once they see your product and that it can actually be applicable to their life then they you know, yeah. go down the website and hit checkout. Well, Post and it. I saw your video and I was like, wait, she's she's doing it. Like, I'm going to repost her video. Like, that's really awesome. I think that, like, the only people who are going to judge you for posting are the people who aren't doing it. You know? So like, true. No one really and they cares. wish they were doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, like, totally. It's If anyone has that much time to worry about what you're posting, they have, like, there's just too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to do something, you're trying to grow your own brand, you're trying to launch your own business, like, get on TikTok posts. Like, I've learned so much about marketing and social media marketing and, like, myself through doing it. And so mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, I, I don't think there's any harm in trying. Exactly. Yeah, there's no downside. Like, maybe a video flops, but, like, the next one could literally be yeah. the start of something new. But anyways, so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the actual launch of Love because this is super exciting. I've never had an entrepreneur on the podcast that is about to launch their company. So I was wondering if you could just touch on that and what the plans look like. Yeah, um, I so basically we're in the manufacturing stage right now. So once we get the product, we'll do a full shoot for it and then get everything into gear for um, the website and everything. So wait, really quickly, have you gotten samples of the final product? Yes. You have. Okay. Yeah. And it's like everything's like good and done. Well, so I've had like samples it? of the dressings and okay. then I've had samples of the packaging. And so the next step over the next couple weeks is I'll get samples of the dressing and the packaging. Ooh. That's so exciting. So, That's, yeah. like, the best mail to ever it's, receive. Yeah, it's awesome. But, like, my friends are all like, can we try it? Can we try it? And I'm like, yes. Like, I'm waiting to. Yeah. Like, everything takes so long. And, like, when I first started Law of, like, a year and a half ago, I thought, like, oh, well, I'll have a product in six months. Like, why not? But you just, so much time goes into it. And, honestly, like, business in general, like, I've just learned it's, everything's going to take longer than you expect. So, I'm tentatively planning to launch in January, um, and basically, at first, we're going to be direct-to-consumer, so only on online through mm-hmm. my Shopify website, and then 
over time, I'm going to go um, look into more, like, specialty markets. So, um, like, just smaller local markets in mm-hmm. Pasadena and L.A. And kind of just trying to build that target audience and do in-person demos and sampling. And, like, I'm not rushing this. Like, I'm not trying to get into Air One within the first six months. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, my goal way, dar- like, way far down the line. And so I'm just looking to kind of start building at USC pop-ups um at sororities and whatever and and just in-person events around LA and kind of trying to get people to taste it and there's so much free product to be given out at first because you just want people to try it Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of the goal for at least the spring semester while I'm still in school too um and then um in the like at the same time I'll just be marketing on TikTok and um, doing some UGC, like user-generated content and all that to kind of grow the law of brand itself. Um, So yeah, that's the plan at first for launching. We're gonna do a launch party for family and friends. So I'm really excited about that. I've been strategizing and um, I'll post more about it on TikTok when it does happen. But yeah, so launch party and just social media marketing and kind of seeing where it goes from there. I have, I'm lucky to have a lot of family who's supporting me and um, kind of guiding me through the process. So, yeah, it's kind of all just a constant conversation of, like, mm-hmm. what's next. But the goal is just to launch, so we're trying yeah. to get there. But, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I can't wait for you to have, like, the first, like, order to fulfill. Like, that's going to be so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. And do you want to, or do, have you thought about doing, like, giving away free product to, like, influencers and celebrities sorry i forgot to mention that but we will do um kind of like a first round of just free influencer gifting um because i don't have the budget to Mm -hmm. do paid right now but i'm just gonna gift to influencers that usc influencers um postgrad from usc like alumni that now have a following and then also just like family friend mutuals that have a following and kind of start from there and then see where that takes me but yeah for sure we're gonna do some some gifting just so that I want more people to try it you know just mm-hmm. as much as possible we're gonna make some merch so we'll probably list that on the website to buy um which I'm really excited about so yeah lots of exciting things in yeah. the works yeah and one thing that I kind of forgot to mention earlier but so you have done this all on your own and I feel like a lot of people that I talk to either have like a mentor like a co-founder so I was wondering if you could just talk about like overall like how this process has been navigating it on your own because I feel like that's really unique yeah um funny enough like when I first started it I was like I don't want to do it with someone else like you can't depend on anyone else like there wasn't anyone else that would be as passionate about it that Mm -hmm. I could find um and so I decided just to start on my own because also starting on my own doesn't mean like on my own like I'm texting my siblings daily of like what about this totally like I have that family support where it doesn't feel like I'm lonely but at the same time like now at this point I'm like I kind of wish I had a co-founder because just certain things would be easier to talk through like I don't always want to like, my friends are so annoyed of, like, hearing... Not annoyed, but they're just tired of hearing, like, about my dressing, I- like, ideas, you know? They're, <laughs> well, like, you need to, like, talk it out with exactly, someone sometimes. That's yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... And my mom, like, I don't know. Everyone is super excited for me, and they love it, but I just feel bad sometimes. I'm like, okay, like, sorry, this is the only thing that's on my mind. Like, 
we let's talk about something else. But I do kind of wish I had a co-founder because I think it's an awesome way to just go through the process. But at the same time, I am happy doing it alone. Like I, it is my baby, and so I, I like eat, sleep, and breathe love. Like mm-hmm. it's fine. But um, I think if like anyone's looking to start something or whatever, I think like just just look into like your network and see if there's someone else that you'd want to do it with. And if not that's fine like don't do it with your best friend that probably won't be a good idea like you spend that's gonna be a lot of time together I don't know I, it just kind of you have to be strategic about it and totally what's right for you I think I don't know well you can always lean on me you can call me up I'm happy yeah. to talk about it whatever you want but yeah again I think it goes back to just being why being a student entrepreneur is so special because like you have people that are willing to listen around you just like living in a senior house for example you're just always around like other students and whatnot so yeah, that's I like what you said that you're like doing it alone, but you're not totally out yeah, there. Like, no, yeah, for sure. And my last question for you is kind of like where you see this venture taking you. Is this something that you know you want to pursue full time post grad, or is this just going to be like a little side project until you can hopefully pursue it, or maybe you want to like sell it? I don't know. What are what are the hopes? Yeah, I've kind of been going back and forth um, for post grad. Because I know that I'll stay in L.A. because that's just where all my family is and it makes the most sense for me, especially doing this project now. But I've been kind of, uh, like, just conflicted where it's like, do I devote a year to this and try to grow it as much as possible and spend every second of my days, like, working on this? Or I know that I still want to get more work experience, like, corporate, and so I'm just wondering, like, Mm. should I do that as well and then do love on the side? I'm leaning towards that because, like, I'm definitely not done learning, and, like, I am obsessed with love, but I know that there's more for me to grow. There's more room for me to grow um, when it comes to, like, my work experience. So I'm thinking about... um, getting a job post-grad but then doing this obviously like every other waking hour that I have um but it really will just depend on this spring kind of how like initial sales go and my first plans of marketing go and then seeing from there so it's it's kind of up in the air but um I just want to commit myself to it at least for a good six months and and see how it goes and then um re- re-strategize. Uh, no, totally. Okay, so now moving into the speed round of questions. So here at Perspective, we do this so you can get to know our guests on the podcast on a little bit more of a personal level. And because Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, and wellness publication here at USC, we like to frame the questions regarding those topics. So just answer with whatever comes to mind. So as a fellow TikToker, who is your favorite TikToker that you follow? Um, Chelsea Park so true (laughs) you're obsessed all my friends you I know like yep a lot of people are but yeah I love everything she does she's another example of a founder on TikTok who totally like I love Park and the stuff that they make but at the same time I follow her to follow her and see what she's up to every day Mm -hmm. so and then 
what are you currently reading? Um, I feel like you're a reader. I get I that am. vibe. I knew it. I knew I, it. I am. It's hard for me during the school year, but I'm. I bought um, lessons in chemistry. Mm, which I've yeah, I've seen that. I'm only like a couple chapters in, but I need to get more into it. It takes me like it's hard for me to get into like a nonfiction just for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I prefer something that I'll get a tangible like skill from afterwards. Oh, me too. I'm trying to learn so. I know. I'm like, if I don't learn something from a book, I'm like, then why am I spending, spending my, time my time reading it? But no, it's actually like, enjoyable. It's good for you. Yeah. I read Happy Place over the summer, and that was like one That's of the first books recently that I read, and like actually just like enjoyed it, and it it was awesome. Um, I always see you on your TikTok going to workout classes. So, what's your favorite workout class to do? Yeah, I love a good workout class. Um, like staying active every day is my like non-negotiable for mental and physical health but y7 in silver lake is Mm. a hot yoga studio but it's super cool because they they like play hip-hop music like there was a fred again um which is a hip-hop but there was a fred again themed class like last week and it's a hot yoga studio and wait that's so fun it's so fun and so you like flow to the beat but there's no mirror so you aren't like obsessing over like what you look like in the mirror and like it's just a really cool vibe so that's been my favorite uh class lately and if you had to wear one clothing brand for the rest of your life, what would it be? Okay, favorite clothing brands or, like, things that I would wear. Let's go for fall because my summer fall, like, it's a very different mm-hmm. vibe. Uh, but, like, American Vintage Sweaters. Mm, so like, true. We're upset. I'm obsessed right now. And then pants. Honestly, Free People has really good jeans. They're not crazy expensive compared to other brands. And they have these barrel jeans that I'm, like, obsessed with right now. So... I guess, like, Free People American Vintage and then a good white tee I always need. Um, and I like Brandy for, like, a cheaper version and then James Purse for a nicer, like, quality forever t-shirt. And what's your favorite place to get ice cream in L.A.? Mm. I love a good ice cream run. I love a good ice cream run. Um, probably, it's pretty basic, but Salt and Straw or mm. Go Greek. Go Greek is so good. Go it's just a, like a trek from USC. It's also a pretty penny. But. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'll just like go and ge- like eat that for dinner because I'm like, well, there's no more yeah. money left. It's so a good protein. Uh, yeah. Balance. So good. Um, what trend are you really into right now? It can be like fashion or culture. Mm. Up to you. Um, trends. This is basic, but I'm really into the ballet flat. Trends. Mm. I don't have a pair because I haven't found a pair that I love, but like I like how everyone's just going back to basics and super minimal because I feel like that's how I like to dress. So yeah, I think ballet flats. Mm. I'm here for it too. Mm. Especially like if you're wearing like a really plain outfit and then you have like a metallic, like silver, like mm-hmm. red ballet flat. I love like the contrast between the two. Well, one product you're currently obsessed with as a CPG lover. One product that I'm obsessed with that I'm late to the trend. It's not a food product, but the Rode lip peptide treatment, mm. Hailey Bieber's lip gloss. I'm obsessed. Like it's always in my bag or my pocket and I'm just like reapplying and then I love the Crown Affair dry shampoo. So true.
that brings us to the end of season three episode two natalie this was so fun getting to hear more about your journey as an entrepreneur and all the work that you've put in with love i've been following along watching you absolutely kill it in starting this business and i am very excited to see the launch and really see the product in the consumer's hand very exciting so lastly make sure to follow at love dress well on instagram so you can get updates about when you can get your hands on this as well as natalie on tiktok at n-a-t-a-l-f-e-l-i-k so you can keep up with her entrepreneur journey and additionally follow spec mag usc on instagram to hear about new season three perspective episodes All right. Well, I'm your host, Chloe Kopsky. Thank you for listening to the second episode of season three. I'll be back soon with another episode of Perspective in which I sit down with even more interesting USC students. (laughs) 